try to keep your douche level at all time low to me. Let's put that in as our goal. Please. Please. Everyone, Dave and Jeff, doing the first podcast since Padre season oh, started. Oh, shit. And a lot of things have changed since last Monday and our last podcast. Yeah. How about that? Winning record for Andy Green. You're going to be stuck with this asshole for years to come. You're going to be stuck <laughs> doling out 10 $100 bills. Nope. I don't think I am. Yeah, I think you are. I, I don't think I Especially am. Especially this week when they get pitching. Well, look, here's the deal. Let's be honest here. Let's go on the negative first. All right. Go ahead. The Giants are horrible, dude. Oof. Solarte, who's a bench player, yeah. bats third. Boach is like, what do I have here? <laughs> what is going on with my club? You know what Boach is thinking? You play the games, they, uh, you play the cards, they deal you. This it's a is good what, start. This is what Boach is hoping. The Padres don't have a fantastic year. They have a bad enough year where Andy Green's let go at the end of the year, and guess who's available to coach? It's Boach. You bring him back, the fan base will lose their shit next year. Yeah, uh, I wonder with Boach. You'd be crazy not to take this job. That goes for any manager. I mean, there's yeah, a lot they, of fucking talent here. Yeah, I wonder with Boach. I just watched Boach today. There's a play at first. I'm trying to think of what. Uh, Machado. Yeah. Scored a run. On, on the double play. That, well, it wasn't a double play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boach just kind of lumbers out there. They don't know if they're going to challenge it. It's not going to be challenged. Boach right there looked like he'd already retired. <laughs> Dude, when you look at his team, it looks like he's retired. The team is he so looks fucking like bad. He looks like he's coaching on old-timers day. Here, here's the deal. I thought Buster Posey was gone till like August or September. Right. And there he is, but he looks terrible. Right. Longoria is done. Right, panic. Yeah. Oh my God, panic's done. Joe Connor, or not Joe Connor? Connor Joe. Yeah. We used to work with Joe Connor. Yeah. Fuck, he'd he'd be a better option. Connor Joe's a San Diego guy. Everybody's yeah. excited. He's horseshit. Pablo Sandoval's horseshit. Ugh. I mean, there's so many bad players on the Giants. Solarte couldn't throw the ball to first. They I look, mean, it's just terrible. He let Bumgarner in on opening day for like 94 yeah. pitches. 94 or whatever the number was. <laughs> Boach was just, shit, I'm surprised Bumgarner didn't start today. <laughs> they are just. They're going to play Bumgarner the way the Steelers say they're going to play Le'Veon Bell. But, uh, Fuck for, it. We're going to run everything we got out of this guy. And now you got the Diamondbacks. Yeah. But for me, Dave, it's great because get this team some confidence, right? Get them yeah. out of the gate. You can see Machado was pressing. Of course. Coming out like you figured he would. How could you not? But now, Human nature. Yeah, but now he looks more like he's kind of... Uh, Kind of relaxed, yeah. kind of settled in. Watch Paddock today. You know what was funny? Unless you tuned into that game, you would have had no idea Chris Paddock was starting today. My God, everybody calm down. It's like, holy cow. Everybody's freaking out. Like, we all love Paddock. Relax. And you know what would be really nice? Go ahead. If we could get anybody to f track down a brother. Boy, I'd, I'd be fascinated <laughs> to hear my family member. Holy shit. Like, we are so Mayberry by the beach. Man, I'm glad you said it. it his, Stop. His brother was really cool. Do we need a six-minute interview in the middle of the game with his brother? Dude, the one that was worse was last night. Scanlon in the crowd with the starting pitcher's dad was insane and how bad it was. It was just bad. 
Ah. His dad, I love his dad's wearing spring training 18 sweatshirt. Too. I was in L.A., good. so I didn't get to see it. It, it, was, it was terrible, man. It's funny you say this because when you say it, it's different. When you right. say it, you're, you're, and the reason I say that is, and I, and I, I love playing the, the game. We'll get in that whole deal, too, until people who don't know how to play the game. <laughs> but I, I love playing the game, the good cop, bad cop deal. And, and I love the fact when you give me a hard time and other people give me a hard time. It's, that's not what the season's about. It, I'm telling you right now, it is yeah. really exciting. I'll be the first oh, to tell really you, fun. it is really exciting watching the Padres. And I haven't said that in forever. Where I'm sitting there looking at the lineup and I'm going, look, I'm looking forward to seeing almost everybody bat. Especially yeah. yesterday right. when Mejia was batting and Hedges wasn't playing. And you're going through and you're going, okay, this is different. I understand there's an excitement factor, but, man, hold on. It, it's early on. Let's not get too crazy. But I sit there and I watch a shitload of baseball. You and I are watching highlights right now as we're, we're doing the show. Yeah. And I flip around and I love it. I love this week especially because you want to see what everybody looks like. Somebody might surprise you. All of a sudden Seattle might look better than what you thought or whatever else. So the Padres might be that team. Yeah. And all of a sudden people across the country are looking at but when everything that happens is just ordinary, is ridiculously, that's the greatest play of all time, man, it wears on me. It seems so fucking minor league, whether it's a pop fly in foul territory. Machado yeah. had a ball today where it was a ground ball. He kind of fell to his knees, threw the guy out from his knees. He was on the grass. Machado has a great arm, right? Yeah. Plus arm. Yeah. Dude, he just fell down and got a ground ball. He's a pro. It's a carpet. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like it's a bad hop's coming. It, it was it was a play that's expected to be made by anyone. A guy making three hundred million dollars, a guy making five hundred thousand dollars, but to sit there and say that's the greatest play you're ever going to see, it it wears on you. To me, of it's minor league. Act like, I don't want to say act like you've been there before, but man, you're a professional baseball player. The Padres are right now a different organization than they were Completely. the last five years, and just like you kind of said last week when you said it's like the excitement of '98. I thought it was a little bit off because you had Tony Gwynn that was a vet, and you had Caminiti was off, and, and and Kevin Brown, of course. There's major, major excitement of this, and to know that it's going to get better from here yeah. is is even more so. Today, I made sure I – w- I was busy as hell this morning, but I had to be home by too. first pitch. I had to be here by first pitch to see what was going to go on. And I'm right where you and I are right now. I have two TVs in this room. So I had the, the Dodgers on here, and I had the Padres. I'm sitting right here uh-huh. in front of watching the Padres. Not watching the Dodger game. I'm watching Paddock. And my son was sitting there watching Paddock. And he even said, hey, we should go to a game. My son has not said we should go to a game in 10 years yeah. because he was so frustrated with the organization. It is really, really exciting. But at the same time, holy cow, man, act like you you belong. Act like you belong. Well, there's a lot of things to be hyped about. I went out Thursday for opening day. Great. The entire experience was great. So easy getting in. Yeah. Last couple of years on opening day had been a nightmare. Man, this was great. Flew right in. My kids had a great time. The game was fun. Machado made a throw from short left to double the guy up when there was confusion. And you just go, holy cow. Cannon. Cannon. Yeah, and he's always accurate. It's always right on the money. Wow. And, Dave, that to me, if they wanted to celebrate that play, yeah. because that's not a play that, that we see yeah. in San Diego. I thought something Andy Green said, I think I heard it Friday night, or I might have heard it Saturday driving around, talking about Ian Kinsler yeah. and just saying the aggressiveness in the heads-up play that Ian Kinsler gave them on Thursday was something that they hadn't seen in his time. Yeah. And Andy's point was, look, I'm not ripping anybody else. I'm just telling you, it's not something we're used to seeing around here. Well, it's not. When you have Perella or Urias playing second, that was fun, too. 
But my complaint would be nobody gives a fuck about the brother. Holy shit. Calm the fuck down. I don't care about... Too long, right? Way too long. Yeah. It was worse yesterday. It was worse yesterday with the dad. Ugh. Stop. Just broadcast the game. Because you have a whole new set of eyes that are on the product. I get that everybody's excited and you're caught up in it. Shit, man. Today, I was like, God, I hope this kid... And he did. He pitched great. Good for him. He has that attitude, that swagger... If anybody was up for it, it was him. But I, looking on social media, you kind of felt like the kid was coming out to pitch Game Seven of the National League Championship Series. Yeah, you're like you're like we're wrapping up a four-game series with the Giants. Yeah, like, there's no rings on the line here. And was there more excitement to you? And I know we didn't have social media back then. Was there more excitement for you for this one than with Jake Peavy? Oh my God! This I was yeah. at Peavy's first. Yeah, I game. was too. Blew, the, blew Peavy's game out of the water. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And Peavy pitched against the Yankees. Yeah. But I, uh, but but this was great. It was cool. But just, shit, take the foot off the gas pedal on the pressure machine on this guy. But great weekend out there. Really, really stoked for the team. Loved how they paid tribute to Summer Serrano today. I thought that was really nice. That was nice. cool. I literally said to my son, I said, I'm really surprised. Jeff and I brought this up on Thursday. They haven't said anything about her. And yeah. right when I said it, literally a half a second later, it was right there on the television. Perfect day Which for I didn't it. realize it was her birthday today. Oh, perfect day for it. Yeah. Yeah, perfect day for it. So really nice, fun weekend, and I would highly recommend... For anybody, Dave, you and your son or anybody else to get out there. It's my, it's the one minor complaint that I had. But from a fan standpoint, it just feels different. This team just feels different when they come up. Yeah. But I think what Dennis Lynn wrote tonight was, you have so many guys that were just recently in double A or, or single A ball that they are aggressively looking for starting pitching, that they had talked to the Indians this week about Trevor Bauer, that they're still in the game, even at this point for Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. And you go, yeah. I mean, they they understand what everybody understands, that you're not going to get 300 innings out of Paddock and Lauer and Lucchese, and we don't really have a veteran guy in there. So Matt Strom, you're not going to get 300 out of. So you got to be able to to go and find that guy, but but I always say the same thing. Uh, the Indians got to be realistic in what they want for Bauer, yeah, and and find that price. Maybe tough to do when you have so many top prospects. I don't understand the Indians at all. Why would you get rid of any of those guys right well, now? Well, that's when kind of what they're saying too. I mean, it's strange. They're supposed to win that division, yet you're talking about getting rid of one of your top two pitchers. Yeah, very very strange. And even Kluber, who's there's rumors that hey, there's, he's on the block too. So if you're an Indians fan, you kind of wonder what the hell's going on a, a couple things I, I actually i wrote down just a few things because i knew i'd okay. forget okay that i noticed i, I already uh, told you about the excitement factor which i 100 percent mean honestly i'm looking forward to watching every one of these games um bench coach rod brahas looks mm-hmm. like he ate the player rod brahas you what, better shut what up. the fuck happened looks <laughs> like he ate a piano good li- good living in el paso good living in el paso <laughs> do you want more chips yep <laughs> keep them coming <laughs> Holy shit! What 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 a personal attack! It was, and You're in, radio, than in that. the radio, you can't, obviously I'm not. And in radio, you can't say that. But guess what? I just did. 
Manny Machado, you said he was pressing. I, I wrote down yeah. the same thing. Pressing, I think he's right now he's swinging it just way too many pitches out of the strike zone. You agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He'll be all right. And it's funny, Mud said something today that I agree with. It's funny, every time Manny Machado does make contact, it sounds like it's going out. Right. But it doesn't go out. Reyes was the same thing. It was weird. It was like, I, you know, the ball's supposed to fly out. You're yeah. like, oh, that's out. Well, but they Ted, went out. But Ted said it too because the area has changed down there. With As much as they've built up around yeah. Petco Park, especially in the outfield, and I don't know. I mean, with the Reyes ball, it felt like that was going to left field. So yeah. that wouldn't have impacted what I was going to say. But they've done so much construction down there, and they built up so much that the way that ballpark plays is a lot different than it used to be. Here's a, here's a question for you about Paddock as, as I was watching today. If yep. you noticed, the Giants were swinging early on Paddock. Yeah. Is And here's a guy they haven't seen before. Paddock has that reputation, as you said. He doesn't want guys. Is, uh -huh. it, is there a danger that – knowing that the guy is that much around the zone that it gives major league hitters an opportunity to say, Hey, my pitch is coming. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm looking more aggressive because this guy doesn't throw balls. Well, the one thing that I have heard everybody around that team talk about is how impactful his changeup is yeah. and that his changeup is thrown from the same arm slot as the fastball. And Dave, you think it's, it's Trevor. I mean, Trevor Trevor survived, and I understand when you're a closer getting two outs, it's a lot different than a starter. You, you guys don't see that often. But that's just listening to Mud, yeah. talking to Ted and others. His ability, and I thought Mud pointed it out today, his ability to locate that fastball and talking to Mud off the air the other day that's what he said, Dave. He goes, man, the guy just has the ability to put the ball wherever he wants yeah. to. And, and Dave, I don't think enough can be said about the confidence that he has in himself. You're around this game. You've coached kids for 20 years. Tell me the difference that you have from a coaching standpoint, and I don't care what level, from little guys to high school, you see it. When guys have a confidence that they belong there. It's everything. Yeah, you just have to roll the ball out on the yeah. field. How many times do you have to kind of hype guys up and get them ready to believe it? Holy shit, this guy pitched, man. He was it. ready for all the hype. All those guys were really good. All the starting pitchers are really good this, Lauer this was weekend. Great. Absolutely. So Paddock's numbers, I'll just throw them at you real quick in case people don't look at a box score, but kind of curious to know. Five innings today, only two hits. Mm -hmm. One run, it was earned, one walk, uh, seven strikeouts. He threw um, 79 pitches, 57 of those were strikes. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Huge. And I'm guessing out of those 57 that were, were strikes and the 22 balls, the 22 balls, almost every one of them was on purpose outside of probably the walk that got away. Uh, yeah, and you heard Mudd you know? say it too. He's yeah. still trying to find his spot with that curveball. And a couple of times on the curveball, he missed way out of the strike zone. But so what? Maybe that goes so long, Dave, what you're talking about, where if guys are just sitting there thinking it's going to be fastball in the zone every time. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what it reminded me of the most, and a lot of people will remember this. you got to go back probably about 15 years, but it was the first couple of years I started playing MLB The Show. And all I did was throw strikes in the zone. Well, yeah. then I'd be on the road in Houston, and those fuckheads, uh, Biggio and Bagwell, would yeah. tee off on yeah. me, and I'd get really frustrated. And then I'd hit the next guy in the head. Yeah. Who's that fucking guy who played first base? He looks Bagwell? like Vince Gill. Oh, not just Bagwell? No, not Bagwell. Uh, the outfielder. Outfielder, goddammit, all-star for them. Played on that team. 
Think of Vince Gill, the singer. Yeah. It's like him. <laughs> Do they have a Lance? Lance Berkman? Yeah, that guy. Okay. So I would drill Berkman in the head. Okay. And then I'd be thrown out of the game. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I yes. didn't have the confidence I needed because yeah. I was throwing too many strikes and yeah. they were beating me at my own game. And I think a lot of you were probably thinking that same thing today. <laughs> That's exactly it. See, and I go into Pittsburgh and hit yeah. Spanky Lavalle, and then it, it would all. I couldn't get out of the uh, out of the vortex. Oh shit! Yeah. Throwing strike vortex that I was in. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh, that's too damn funny. I, I, here's one of my. Here, I'll tell you my one of my. I'll give you two things I really liked this weekend. Okay. One is Ian Kinsler threw a ball to Hosmer. Okay, uh-huh. that he thought he should have picked. Yeah, it was great Thursday. Okay, yeah. day. you and, stared at him, and he stared him down. I dug that because we're looking at Hosmer too going, the ground is almost paved perfectly. Yeah. The, the bail, it's not like, you know, you're getting a shitty bounce, you know? And he tried like, to do the reverse dunk and he yeah, whiffed. Yeah. And you're like, well, he was trying to be flashy. And he's looking at him like, you're supposed to get that. You're a pro. You're supposed you're to be a gold, gold glover. Winner. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, well, I think Hosmer looked at him and was like, uh, yeah, the fuck. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Pick that shit up. But that's, but yeah. that led into. The next play is yeah. when Machado makes the throw and doubles exactly. him up. All right. What's the next thing you liked? I like Francisco Mejia a lot. I like All him right. from the left side a lot. I like his swing. I like I that. See him. He's he he's aggressive. His bat is crazy fast. You know, I, I honestly I, I like watching him. And I understand right now Hedges is hitting five hundred fine. So we're a few games in, but Mejia is is fun to watch, man. I hope yeah. he makes it as a, as a catcher where you go. You got to get rid of one of these guys, meaning that one of them is that outstanding. But uh, to me, he's he's excited to watch. I really do like watching this lineup. It's it's funny when you look at sabermetrics because that's what everyone goes by nowadays. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to bet bat your best hitter in the two spot. It okay. used to be when you and I were kids, three and four. Yeah. But you bet you bat. I keep saying something. You bat your best batter in the two spot. And when it was working, when they had Myers there, and he got up to yeah. praise, it was weird that they switched. Right. That all of a sudden you move Hosmer there. Well, Hosmer goes three for four yesterday. He's one for three today. Okay. But if that was the case with Sabermetrics, you would think, well, Machado's the guy that's going to bat in the two hole. Uh, yeah. You know, well, Machado's, they've been batting him in the, in the three spot. So I wonder, because everyone who has batted in that two spot so far has done really well. And so you go, okay, did you put, move Hosmer there to give him more of a chance? Well, what was the – I'm trying to think of what the lineup was today. Today the lineup was Garcia batting uh, first uh, – leading off at second base. Okay. It was Hosmer batting second at first base. It was Machado uh, batting right. third. And it was uh, – oh, god dang it. It was Myers batting fourth. Okay? okay. And then Tatis, everything else. So Myers, you know, of course, is off to a crazy good start. We'll see what happens with Myers. We all want him like to it. do well. We just are like, uh, which one's the real Will Myers? Because we all believe he has a ton of talent. Just put it together for Christ's sakes. Yeah, he missed the second base coming back yeah. today. But he made a couple of plays on Thursday that were great. Dave, I like it. I love the uh, the whole vibe. It just yeah. feels different. They feel like a team that believes in themselves. And I liked what we saw today. Oh, I'll tell you the thing I like from the weekend you didn't mention. Yeah. We needed something unique. You needed something unique for this team, a little something different. Fucking the Anchorman races. Whoever came up with that is awesome. Good. It was a great idea, wasn't it? That is great. And it'll get them a lot of national play. Do they do that every game? I've only saw it once. No, they said that it's going to be weekend games. Oh, come on. And unique, like, during the week games. Why wouldn't you do that all the time? It's a great deal. Why don't you just do it all the time? 
Maybe afraid of running it into the ground. Come on, they do it in Washington D.C. It's awesome. Are they sausage races are yeah, every night? Right? Every night. What the? Even in San Diego, they can't give us what we fucking want. God, just you know relax. They, you know what? Okay? They should, you know what they should do on those fucking races? They What's should that? have Brick run the opposite way every time. <laughs> do you see Brick stop today to look at the guy who had a lamp? No, <laughs> the fire had a lamp and Brick stopped, and that was it. He was in the lead. Oh, that's I like our girl Tabitha Lipkin saying she wants to be Veronica. Oh, that's awesome. And she wants to race against him. That's funny. Um, I like it. I, you know, and, and different teams do it. We all know Atlanta has that guy that dresses in that crazy tracksuit kind well, of they, a deal. And yeah, they do it like uh, at Elsinore. Yeah, it's Elsinore's awesome. Elsinore's got the same thing. Just uh, David felt different out there. It's really, really, really good. It is, and it's a great ballpark. We all know it might be the best ballpark in all of baseball. It, it felt different. I, mm-hmm. Do you still feel strong on saying man i'm glad they're going to the brown or do you oh yeah okay completely i think they look sharp no that'll be the next step like you finally feel like the steps are being taken this is what i thought was wild today so jeff passon comes out because we haven't really had a chance oh we did we were here late last week we had the chance to do the show when tatis made the team so jeff passon who's pretty good at espn writes an article today claiming that Machado and Hosmer took Ron Fowler to dinner yeah. to talk him into putting Tatis on that team. Dennis Lynn comes out from The Athletic, quotes Fowler saying the dinner never took place. Jeff Passan got beat with his dick in his hand. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You're just left with your little noodle. You're just hanging your noodle there, Passan, swinging a miss. Why would you come out and say that? Because it was he a strange a bo- story. Passon does a really good yeah. job, man. He had to have thought he had the right source locked up. Because when that happens and you read it, you're thinking, well, that's great if you're a fan. Yeah. But you have to be thinking at the same time, smart businesses don't do that. Right. They don't let the employees tell the CEO or the president what to do. Right. And so you and I talked about, was that a Preller call or was that a Fowler yeah. call? According to Lynn's article today, Preller said to Fowler, I think he's ready. And Fowler said, okay. Yeah, I trust you. Yeah. I thought what Pete Seidler said on on uh, Darren's show the other day was great. And he said, one of the reasons he's here is if this team missed the playoffs by one game, I could never live with myself. He goes, I, could ne- he goes, I just couldn't live with myself. If we missed it by one game or two games uh, and he was down. Yeah. But Fowler said something that I think we should be paying attention to. And he kind of danced around the fact that the CBA is going to change a lot. Yeah. And he would know he's in the middle of that. And I think there was also a confidence that the service time or any of these other things that have been in, in effect. Yeah. Maybe changing moving forward, but either way, doesn't matter what happened. I loved it. I was, if I was disappointed in anything, I was disappointed in the reaction on Thursday. It was very subdued for Tatis, and it was subdued for Machado. And don't tell you mean me the ovation it, when they were announced. Yeah, I mean it was loud, but it was. It wasn't and, lose your shit ovation, which we we should have correct. given them. Yeah, for either guy, even when they came in to the uh, wow, when they came to bat for the first time, like it was loud. Yeah, it was good, but. It wasn't uh, wasn't one for the ages that I was expecting. Yeah, and I know it's a different crowd on Thursday, but 
And you really were telling fun. me there were a ton of Machado jerseys, right, all over the a place. Lot. Yeah, that's a lot cool. of Machado jerseys. Yeah, that yeah, was great. People I'm, were into it. I'm excited. I've, you know, I've said for a number of years, and again, I, I am very excited to watch every one of these games. I watched all these games when they were terrible, to the point they were so bad, and <laughs> said. It gets on my nerves when I almost go, I fucking hate Mark Grant. Oh, I hate him. Not because I hate Mark Grant. It just, anyone who's no. talking that's associated, just, it's almost like save it. Don't you want to go and hug Mud? Yeah. Go hug Mike Pomeranz? Well, Pomeranz yeah. especially. Pomeranz right. is the guy who, oh, fuck, man. You or know, that, Yeah. I'm so happy for yeah. those guys. Oh, no kidding. Orsillo coming from the Red Sox to this. I yeah. think it, honestly, it changes the way they broadcast. Oh, yeah. It has to, because now you're you're a different organization, you're a different team, a different standard. I used to say all the time as fans, just demand more. Well, you demanded more and they've given you more, and you can see that it's going uphill. It's going, well, in, it's going in the right direction and going, okay, you know what? They are going to be a franchise to contend with. One other subtle change they made that I think is great is making Junior the host to POV. Junior, Junior's a star, Tony Gwynn Jr. And I, I just think he's a star. On the field, off yeah. the field, on the air, off the air. He's just, he's great. But I love that idea of him hosting POV, hanging out with the players because he sees a different game. He's played it. Yeah. And and I, I started to watch him today with Hosmer. And I believe they were teammates in Kansas City. I'm not sure if their schedules matched up. I thought they may have played together, but either way, that. okay. Either way, they yeah. they know each other. It doesn't matter whether he had been or not. It makes no impact on it. But him being hired as the host of that show, quite, I had no idea. I'll be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, he's hosting Padres POV now. Okay. And and no reflection on. Yeah, they weren't teammates, just so you know. Okay, Lisa Lane or any of the others that have hosted it in the past. But I thought that was a great hire. That's really cool. cool. That is, yeah, it's a good one. Now, where's Lisa Lane? I don't know what she's up to. She's very talented. I want to know what the hell happened this morning. You heard it. Yeah. How did you hear something bad happen? Well, because this dope tweeted out that it was Elston. Yeah. And then I was going to give Elston a hard time until somebody else pointed out. Wait a minute, that was ninety-seven-three. Craig doesn't even work there. Yeah. So Togerson is doing the pregame Which show he always this does morning. On, he always does it on Sundays. He did it last okay. year, too. And by the way, Josh Lewin uh, is focused only on doing Red Sox baseball. We'll be here mid-April. Talked to him yesterday. He's, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I think that's kind of what he said, Dave. But he's currently, he's like, hey, I'm calling games for the defending uh World champion in life school, and I look forward to seeing you guys in a couple of weeks yeah. when I'm off we the road. said that in December. I think he thought he was coming here. Literally, there's a. Is he coming in the garage? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, in April. Yeah, right now, there's a better chance of Jesus Christ coming in this garage than Josh. No. I he, don't believe it. He's on the road tonight with the Red Sox, you Something dick. will come up. Fuck you. Fuck off. Eat shit. <laughs> he's a little liar. <laughs> I should have called him. Take that back. I'm sorry. He's a liar. Take it back. Didn't make, mean to make fun of his stature. Yeah, I think you did. You fuck. You fuck. Um, all right. Tell me. All right. Look, I like Togerson. He needs to fucking check himself. You don't fucking talk to people like that. You're a fucking meaningless nitwit. I'll be honest with you. Death. I didn't think it was that bad. Okay. Well, let me hear what happened. You walk okay. me through it. Because okay. I will say, as a weekend producer, I yeah. used to destroy the Ken Kramer yeah. show. Okay. It was. <laughs> but if you're calling guys out on the air, no, you're a dick. it wasn't that big. Okay. Honest to God, this is what I heard. Because I, as I told you before, I had to get home by one. 
Okay. So I spend my morning, all I'm doing is cutting grass, and I'm, I'm turning to Forrest Gump on this fucking baseball field all of a sudden. I'll, yeah. I, even, I pay Ryan to sit there and cut my grass, which is 10 feet big, and then I'm sitting there cutting grass of a, of a high school baseball field. And so I said, I got to get home. And so it's like 1235, and I flipped okay. on 97.3, and Togerson's doing it, just like he did last year, because I used to hear him last year, too. It was a goddamn train wreck. They're all over the fucking place. It was it was just bad radio. And it sounded like a TV guy who's never done radio, but I know he's done radio because I heard it last year. <laughs> yeah. It was... He still sounds like a TV guy that hasn't done radio. Look, yeah. Come on, stop yeah. pulling punches. Well, uh, he's uh, average uh, at best. <laughs> he does a great job on TV, well, but radio's a different job. Let me tell you, we've said this for a long time. Radio, TV, print, radio's the hardest one. Right. They, they get the least amount of credit. Radio's right. the hardest one. And I will say this to anyone who thinks I'm crazy right now. Remember when you were in high school and they said you have to give a three-minute speech and they right. give you four weeks of preparing and you freak the fuck out? Right. Try doing that four hours a day. Yeah. And doing it, doing it again tomorrow and yeah. again tomorrow. It's not easy to do. No. And then, so I'm, I'm saying when he did it, it, it wasn't good radio. He would tell you it wasn't good. He said on there, I don't know if I'm coming back next week. <laughs> like, I hope they have me. He said like three times, I might get fired. He knew it was horrible. He wasn't saying I'm doing a good job. Was he having a breakdown? Is he fifty one fifty? I have give to him credit him for in? no for admitting it was bad. I it, don't. It was, you just keep you just keep bad. driving forward. Don't you ever watch uh, fucking deadliest yeah. catch? He's, when guys are yeah. getting knocked over on the wave, you take the first aid kit, you patch them up, yeah. and you get back to fishing. <laughs> you don't sit there and cry your fucking candy ass off. Fuck him. Here's, I got no time for this shit. Here's how it goes. Okay. Good. He should be fired. If, if you if you say I should be fired, it's it's what Dana White said. Yeah. If you're thinking, hey, maybe I should retire, then yeah. then you should. Yeah. If you think you should be fired, Togerson, you should be fired. Because you know in your head, I'm not good at this. So you <laughs> should be out. <laughs> when you listen to sports radio, especially baseball games, yeah, they find every which way to make money. Because their rights fees are ridiculous. Right. So it's like, you know. So what do you screw hey, up? It's, well, you know, you know how it is. Like, the, today's umpires sponsored by, you know, right. Dr. K-Wish. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's some, bullshit guy. some bullshit to do this, you know. Yeah. And you're doing the whole goddamn thing. It's funny. I'm listening to Ted say he was doing commercials for Subaru. And I'm like, Subaru? What happened to Marvin K. Brown? You know? You got he, he doing like, Sonic? Yeah. All of a sudden, he was a Cadillac guy. He says, I'm driving the Outback. And I'm trying to think for 10 minutes about what it looks like to see Ted driving an Outback. Get back to Togerson. Hold on, I will. Remember Ted had the big yellow Hummer and the whole deal going? Oh, yeah. All right, fuck. So here he is. He's driving an Outback now. He can't see. He probably doesn't even know what it looks like. Can't find his car. Is that Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Shut Sorry. up. Sorry. I take a shot. All right. So whatever the hell the sponsorship was. Okay. He mission fucking, fed. Everything's okay. mission no fed shit. on that fucking. No kidding. So he starts talking and, and a sounder goes. And he's like, fuck. Talks right over the sounder. Okay. I didn't know there was an opening. Okay. Well, that shit ends. And then he does a segment. And then there's a closing, too, like a sounder, too. And fuck, he's talking over that. And he's like, he didn't say fuck, but he's like, I don't think I'm coming back. I would like to come back next week. I think I'm going to get fired. Why didn't you tell me there was a closing, too, and an opening? And that was about it. Oh, he, that's he, not that big No, deal. it wasn't that bad. It was kind of something you and I probably would have done. Oh, it wasn't, yeah. All right. Dude, trust me. I would have called in a heartbeat to say, you won't believe this shit. Oh, okay. No, it, was, it was clean. It was him and telling the guy. standpoint, you got to yeah. calm down. And it was the fir- for him, it was the first one he's done all year. So he hasn't gone through a practice, I guarantee you. The yeah. guy probably should have said in his ear, hey, dude, we got an opening and a close for this segment. Maybe if you got there before two yeah. minutes before no showtime. <laughs> no, no kidding. 
and it probably won't ever happen again because now he knows. But there's an opening, an opening sounder and a closing sounder. Well, after let me the just segment. remind you, as yeah. a former weekend producer. Now, I had a different kind of boss in Kelly Wheeler where I couldn't dump anything. Yeah. But I worked for a very nice man named Ken Kramer. You yeah. see him on KPBS hosting uh, about San Diego. Ken was the only liberal on a very conservative station, KSDO. Yeah. My boss preferred that if anybody said anything of the profane nature to not interrupt the flow of the conversation that I just took out the bad word and let the conversation go. In order to do that, I would have to be paying attention. Yes. That was a challenge as it continues to be. So people would call the Ken Kramer show. Ken, how are you and your friend Jeff Tudow? What are you doing? You weren't even looking at your phone like you would no, be today. I didn't today. have a phone. I didn't have a TV or nothing. I couldn't give less of a shit. <laughs> Why? What were you paying Oh, he's talking to? about Casey Gwynn or some other political bullshit. Peter Navarro. Who cares? <laughs> and uh, these guys, these sneaky son of a bitches, Dave. Yeah. They knew. They knew I was the new guy. Yeah. And they'd say, well, you know, Ken, I'm really enjoying the show and with everything going on in town. It just amazes me that they have a cocksucker like you on the air. God dang it. What did he say? Jesus. I'm sweating. Well, How much fr- time do you have to take it out? Seven seconds. Seven seconds. So the first thing that you do is I got a... <laughs> It was a pod. Hold on. Were you like, since you heard cocksuck, were you like trying to get out of your chair and shit? Yeah, no, I'm in this chair. It's like an alarm. But I felt like the guy's in a full metal jacket when Harley Ermey comes in and starts hitting the trash can. Cocksucker, 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 So, uh, <laughs> so, so you pull the pod down, but remember, our seven seconds are going because it's the yeah. race between me. Yeah. And the airwaves of San Diego, where we have an older demographic, will I be able to stop that cocksucker? (laughs) So the challenge was remembering what the word or two words were said before Ken was called a name that I didn't feel was fair. (laughs) And so, uh, (laughs) look, I'm not going to lie to you. I got a little dirt under my nails. I tried. But there were a couple of days when, if you were driving around on San Diego on a Sunday, you would hear, well, Ken, I got to tell you, doop, you cocksucker, doop. (laughs) That's called highlighting. Because if you're driving and you're talking, hey, honey, which is my exit? And you hear on the radio, doop, you're like, whoa, hang on. Ken, you cocksucker, doop. You're like, whoa. They wanted us to know that Kramer sucks dick. I don't think he does. But this guy working that place was like, you're getting this message, buddy. You'll figure out your exit in a minute. But we got a very important message. Ken would then always say in a very gentle tone and a talkback button, Jeff, did you get that? And I would wink with the thumbs up check. Check. People had to tell him after the show, family, I friends. I told him. You told him you missed it? I've told him for 20 years. If I was producing my own show, I'd fire me. <laughs> He's like, ah, you were fine. I'm like, fine? 
every possible combination of the word fuck and Kramer was heard <laughs> on Sunday afternoons on KSDO. <laughs> but the, the wrap to the story is we broadcast news updates from that same room. Yeah. So our phone didn't ring. It was a strobe light. And that strobe light was like getting hit by a taser. Jing, jing. Aye, aye. And I pick it up. Yeah. Be my program director, whose brilliant idea this was. Never thought, you know, hey, maybe we should just tone it. And then that entire eight seconds goes away. We don't have this problem anymore. Yeah. No, fuck it. I'll give the kid from Cardiff another chance. <laughs> Jeff. That's how he'd always talk. Yeah. And they'd say, Kelly. Hey, Kel, how's your Sunday? Well, bud, I got to tell you, it was okay until everybody found out Ken's a cocksucker. <laughs> oh, that get out? Jeff, yeah, it got out. And it got out, and I paid attention because I heard the tone telling me, pay attention to this. Oh, Ken's a cocksucker. Be better. Have a good day. All right, Kel, good to talk to you. Be better. Be better. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Um, by my count, I didn't keep notes, but my by my count in my 11 months on that weekend shift, yeah, it happened 14 times. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but then I got promoted to the Hedgecock show. Nice. And... Uh, yeah, nobody called Roger cocksucker this no, time. He'd fight you. <laughs> but that's why I can understand the pain of the weekend producer. Yeah. Nobody butchered that shift worse than me. Nobody. <laughs> you know what? Let's crank call Togerson last next week. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey Derek, you're doing a great job, you cocksucker. You fuckhead. <laughs> you got replaced oh by God. some guy nobody even knows in San Diego. Dude, Jake used to call Cilio all the time. And you know? get through, right? All the, t all the time. And I would make me so good. I was like, I'm not worried about them tracing because everyone said we could trace your call. They can't. What are they going to do if they, they find you? Nothing. And I used to say, Jake, what are you doing? And then he would be right in front of me. He'd just sit there and he'd call Cilio. And yeah. I'd go, just stop calling. <laughs> but he'd be, he'd go to him every time right away because nobody was calling. He was right. happy to get a call. Like the guys at 1360 never get calls. Right. Like the people that they have checked in yeah um for mental evaluation at at grossmont yeah you'd probably have a better conversation with them than you would with cilio right <laughs> it was it was it was absolutely ridiculous unbelievable you could, you could get like uh unbelievable togerson wasn't uh here's the deal man he, he i'm guessing he will be better next week but he's doing it once uh once a week what do you want those guys to do work seven days a week for the whole year I mean, that's what it comes down to. Who does the pregame normally? Is it, is it Ella? Ella. Yeah, what do you want to do? Well, Come then out Ella got too? blamed. Yeah, Ella got blamed. Yeah, uh, I'm looking for the audio. Look, I'll tell you, if we can get that audio. Ella, it sounds kind of boring. Now. It wasn't great. I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was, it was exaggerated. Uh, it was insane. Uh, it was It's very, very funny. So here's the deal with the Padres. You and I said, because everyone was freaking out, look at the start they got up to. We predicted the start. We said they were yeah. going to get to, and we expect them to get up to a hot start again. Sure. Finishing with Arizona. Arizona is absolutely awful. I mean, really, really yeah. bad. The, the Dodgers took three out of four like the Padres did. The Dodgers should have taken all four. Joe Kelly completely fucked them. But you sit there and you go, look at the, some of the offensive numbers that the Dodgers have. The Padres will do the same thing. You want to go out and see some exciting offense. Watch to see what happens when the Padres take on the Diamondbacks. But every game, Dave, I, um, I want to watch now. Yeah. I want to see Machado. I want to see Tatis. Yeah. 
want to see Hosmer. I do want to see Myers right now. Look, I think Myers is a dopey dope, but I'm, I sure as hell am not cheering against him. Like, I see him come up, you go, shit, man, maybe this is finally the year he gets motivated. It'd be great. I like Mejia and Hedges. Exactly right. Here, Here's the interesting thing. I, I will tell you why you should be excited. Okay. The Dodgers scored 42 runs. Yeah. Okay. A the, lot. In four games. 42 runs, a ton of game, a ton of runs. Um, absolutely. You saw all the home runs. It was crazy how many home runs they hit yeah. in these four games. There's a team in baseball that had more runs than the Dodgers in these four games. Can you name that team? Ooh. I didn't see a lot of I know scores. You, I know you did. I was basically I out Friday and Saturday. But the team that did it and the team they did it against would surprise you. That's all I'm going to say. Hmm. Who's the last team you think would give up? And I'll give you the number 48 runs. 48 runs? Yes. God, I would go either Yankees, Red Sox. Red Sox. Really? The world champion Red Sox gave up 48 runs to the Seattle Mariners. Damn. Holy shit. Is that Lewin that, fucking that up? It is. That's bad luck Lewin. Well, he's the only thing that changed. 40, and Joe Kelly. 48 fucking runs. That's insane, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but, it, it, again, it's it's Seattle. Um, it, it really, really, really bizarre. Again, it's the beginning. The, you want to get off to a hot start. Everybody does. You look at the Phillies who are 3-0 and and Bryce Harper and the excitement, yep. and they were the, the national game today. Christian Yelich, home run in every single game. Crazy. Here, here's the, here, here's one of those managing questions for you. Okay. You got a guy on, uh, I believe it was a guy on third and first in the last inning. Yelich is up. Uh-huh. No outs. Do you walk him? I mean, the guy's What's been red score? fucking hot. Their they're, Cardinals are winning by one. Do you put put another guy in scoring position with no outs? I guess the numbers are that you have you to try to take the double play, yeah. right? You want to hope that he hits the ground ball. He didn't. Hit a game-winning double. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you yeah. sit there and go, what the fuck, after it happens. But, yeah, you go, I man, that say- guy is so fucking good right now. Dave, couldn't you do what the other part is, which is not intentionally give him the four, but see if you can get him to chase? Yeah, pitcher, basically see if he yeah. chases something. I, I understand that. Yelich is one of those guys I think will bother me for a long time. He, he won MVP last year, uh-huh. but it was a, it was almost 14 months ago at this time we were saying the Padres should make a run for him. Remember that? We were really pushing for Yelich. Yeah, I like Yelich. Yeah. It, it doesn't I mean, bug me. The guy was MVP. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. Yeah. I mean, it's like kind of a young guy, Southern California guy. Fuck. Should have yeah. been in a Padre uniform. What happened with your Dodgers? Why didn't the Dodgers chase him? Yeah. They can't find a room for anyone in that goddamn outfield. Alex Verdugo has been like minor league player of the year for 10 years in a row, and they finally called him up. And, you find and he still doesn't even start. You need starting pitching on that team. Oh, they're fine. Walker Bueller was disappointed today. But yeah. I, otherwise, yeah. uh, the Dodgers, I'm He'll not worried about the starting pitching. Um, no, I like it. I, I, Dave, I don't have any problem with you. You can't go back and... Start connecting dots. I think I kind of think Yelich, that my that Milwaukee situation was better for him, anyways. Overall, interesting to see Milwaukee. Milwaukee's the smallest like sports market team. You know that Completely. is that kind of crazy. It's like five hundred thousand people in Milwaukee. Wow. It's like you know when you look at yeah. the, they have the Bucks, they have the Brewers. Basically, the Packers are considered Milwaukee as well. It's not a not a big market. Real quick, I know this has, has very little to do with the weekend, but I have an aunt who is 94 years old, and okay. she used to be an Angel season ticket holder. Okay, mm-hmm. she's my grandmother's sister. She's my oldest living relative, and so I call her yesterday because she's going blind, and she loves the Angels, and she loves the Clippers. She listens to our show. Uh, she used to listen on radio all the time, mm-hmm. and so she, I call her up to see, hey, how are you doing? And I <laughs> said, hey, what do you think about the Angels? She goes, well, how are they doing? And I said, well, they're off to a slow start, trying to let her know what's going on. I go, what do you think about that money Mike Trout's getting? She has no idea who Mike Trout is. Oh. 
So she Big goes, fan. She goes, who? And I, she doesn't own a TV even, okay? And I go, I go, Mike Trout, he's the best player in baseball. He's been there for seven fucking years. I didn't say fucking to her. And, and she says, this phone sucks. All I know is there's some guy named Mike and something fishy's going on. And I go, no, <laughs> fucking name is Mike Trout. I'm trying to explain to her. So we move on because this isn't going well. Yeah. So I say to her, hey, any, uh, what do you do in your free time? I'm curious. Yeah. About, when you're 94, what the fuck am I going to look yeah. forward to? Yeah, what do you do, bench? She goes, <laughs> she goes, every Thursday, I go to the movies and I sit front row because I can't see for shit. And I look up at that screen. And I go, "What have you seen?" She goes, "You know, I saw Stars Born. I saw oh. Bohemian Rhapsody. I saw Green Book. I loved them all." Okay. And then she named some movie with Aretha Franklin about Aretha Franklin, and uh, I didn't know the name of the movie. And she goes, "I loved it." And I go, "Well, who's in it?" She goes, "Look, unless it's Clark Gable or Ronald Coleman, I don't know any of Ronald these guys." Coleman. <laughs> Who the fuck is Ronald Coleman? She goes, well, I don't know who the fuck are the people are that you're watching. She yeah. gets mad at me. So I'm like, I got to ask Jeff, who the hell's Ronald Coleman? He was a guy from that time. Look, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. She can't. I don't like the idea that she is just claiming to be an Angel fan. She's not tied in with the roster. She didn't suffer. She didn't. Through C.J. Wilson or no. Josh Hamilton. She has no idea. She was a 30-year season ticket holder at one point. I got it. She doesn't know I'm anymore. Saying, I, was, I was a San Diego Mustang at oh. one time, but I'm not anymore. I mean, ask her about Justin Upton with Turf Toe. Turf Toe? What yeah, the hell? Out, out for three 12, months. Yeah, 12 weeks. <laughs> and if she can't answer it or have something, then you, I'm taking the title. <laughs> You're not an Angel fan. You're somebody. Four. Well, so what? Oh, Jesus. You're oh, what's heartless. That? You're heartless. Come on. That's brutal. So she's a Clipper fan, though, too, right? Yeah, Big she loves fan, the Clippers. Loves Lou Williams. She listens. Uh, she listens. Who she thinks? Billy McKinney she, running the point? She, she, she listens to that shit on the radio. She loves the Clippers. Yeah. Clippers and Angels. She said where it thinks. I don't know. I tell, tell you, Dave, that Jim Lynham, he's got the Clippers <laughs> on the move. Watch for Tom Chambers. He's going to be good. All right. Here's, That's here, awesome. Here's another one I got for you. Let me hear it. Andy Green, does he have a little bit of Sean McVay? Like, a, like he, when he talks, well, he reminds me of Sean McVay. To. Yeah, I, I think mean, he thinks he has some like Sean the, McVay. Yeah, I mean, a little douche, but you know what I'm saying. He's kind of, if they were brothers, you'd go, I could see it. The way they kind of talk. Yeah, I don't think either guy's a douche. You just called him a douche. Well, I, like, he's only had a winning record for three days of his life. Yeah, no, I like Andy. Andy's got a little bit. I don't know that Andy's the right manager for this team, but as a guy, I like him. Yeah, I got no problem with him as a guy. Yeah, I think Andy, to me, Andy, you know who Andy has some in, Dave, and you'll understand this. And right now, every Padre fan is just canceling Patreon, but just relax and <laughs> Go let ahead. me tell you the end of it. Uh, to me, he's got a little bit of Mike McCoy in him, and only from this standard. Not anything to do with coaching or game management or time management. None of that at all. This is the only comparison that I will give you to Mike McCoy. When okay. I heard Mike McCoy being interviewed, I hated everything about the guy. Everything about, including when we interviewed. Yeah. I would just sit there and look at him and go, you know, you suck. <laughs> you are a dick. But then when... And Andy isn't quite at that level, but he's kind of at that level. But then the the red lights go off, the mics go off, and you can sit around and just bullshit. And Mike, Norv, AJ, yeah, they were just guys. Really funny, good shit, good stories. 
And I would think that, let's say the Padres go, hey, you're going on a road trip and you're going to go to St. Louis and then you're going to fly to Pittsburgh, whatever. I would think, Dave, if you were sitting for a three and a half hour flight, Andy's on the window because kids love having the window. You're just hanging on the aisle. I would tell you, I bet that would be a pretty funny conversation. One of those things that radio, they call it yeah. background off, off the record shit, but just shit where he could just talk freely. Yeah. Preller was when we sat up in Preller's box, fucking Preller was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Good to hear. Would not have expected Preller, that. Do you see that clip making its way around social no. media? About a two and a half minute interview the other day of Preller. 100% in Spanish talking about Tatis. Really? Oh, shit. It's great. That's good. Great. But, yeah, unfortunately, this business has fucked so much thing up. Yeah. So many things up. And it's really a drag. And it's a drag for the people that love these teams because you just, these guys can't let their guard down anymore. They, they just can't relax and be natural and be a guy and bullshit because somebody is looking for that gotcha moment. And yeah. it, it just sucks, man, unfortunately. But uh, coming back to Andy, yeah, that's just what I think of when I hear him is you just go, ah, I wish this guy could just let his guard down and bullshit a little bit and talk because I bet he'd be really, really funny. He would be. He I don't know how would. well he communicates with the players, though. Really? I, 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 I'm not saying negative or positive. Yeah. I'm saying sincerely, I don't know how good he communicates with them. You know what I'm curious about with that is he has to know a lot of these guys aren't going to be around for a long time. I mean, you know what I mean? How close do you get to guys that are just guys filling space, which is something that's curious. I, I want to ask you, um, right after we read these, I want to ask you about your weekend. I want well, to ask you about yesterday. Sure. Go ahead. Let me, let me just say this real quick. Coming back to Andy Green. Um, the other night, I'm listening to the Timberwolves game against the Warriors. Yeah. I believe it was Friday night. Yeah. And crazy game. We have Al Horton on the radio. Uh, the game goes to overtime. The Wolves get a unbelievable foul called on Kevin Durant with half a second left. It puts Carl Anthony Towns at the free throw line, and Carl Anthony Towns hits the first free throw, intentionally misses the second free throw. And the Wolves beat the Warriors yeah. in a year where they're going back to the lottery for 14th out of the last 15 years. Yeah, same record as the Lakers. They asked Carl Anthony Towns about the game afterwards, and he said, look, one of the great things has been Ryan Saunders, who came in as coach. And he said, here we are with a chance to beat the defending champions, and Ryan Saunders calls a play that we have never run in the game. And he called to play, and he took feedback from all the team, and the team was all into it. He goes, it drew a foul, and Towns ends up hitting the game-winning thing. And he goes, the guy just communicates with everybody unlike anything I've ever seen. Good. And you go, that dude's 30 years old. I just, I, I like stuff like that. Well, it's I'm, interesting you said that when you played it for Calipari. Right. So I'm not... Don't take it the wrong way. I don't know, Dave, if Andy may be that guy or he's not. I, I just don't have any idea because you never hear anybody going yeah. out of their way to say, well, I mean, they wouldn't rip him. But I haven't heard much feedback on communication. This year it'll be interesting to see how he does. Except when Will Myers ripped him playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> I'll, I'll give Andy a pass on that. <laughs> 
That's too damn funny. All right, I'll ask you about uh, what happened yesterday as far as Erica in just a couple seconds sure. here. Hey, want to mention Alan Taylor, Taylor Made Pools. We talked about Alan Taylor, great business he does. Look, it is getting hot. Today it got up to 85 degrees. Yep. It's nice to have that beautiful pool. If you have one, good for you. But if you need equipment or repairs, make sure you call Alan Taylor. If you're looking for that brand new pool and say, look, we've gone long enough without one, Make sure you call Alan Taylor. He can make the perfect pool for you. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Yeah, Dave, at a hotel in L.A. on Laurel Canyon. Didn't get checked in till midnight. Got checked out at 7 o'clock in the morning. Really? Uh, yeah, quick day. Um, I didn't even see a pool. Like, really? I didn't even see a pool at this place. They were like, we're not competing with tailor-made uh, pools. Fuck it. <laughs> They just threw in the towel, traded in all the towels. They were just like, done. We'll get ourselves one of those waffle machines for our continental <laughs> breakfast. Uh, right now, today, yesterday, man, the weather has been absolutely off the charts. I have a dear friend in Toronto uh, where I'll be in a couple of weeks. There's snow on the ground in Toronto. Yeah. People around the country are still dealing with weather issues. Philadelphia, Minnesota, they're freezing their ass off. Right. And we're like, whoa, are we going 30 sunblock? Are you going shorts? What's our problem? And what a perfect way. I tell you what, there's never been a better day where today where you go, man, I wish I had a tailor-made pool. Where you could just hang out and relax and just kind of go, yeah, I'm going to just cruise into Monday. You should do it as well. See all the pictures on Al's Twitter page. But also check out our website, DaveAndJeffShow.com, because... Uh, there's a link right there to tailor-made pools, and you can see for yourself. But if you've been thinking about it, do it now. Get yourself ready. Summer will be here before you know it. Are you in the market for a new house? Are you looking around and saying, look, maybe now is the time to move, now is the time to sell, maybe it's time to get into a better house, get into a, a smaller house because the kids have left for school? Brian Kerr is your guy, selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years. He knows San Diego County better than anyone else. He's in experience in sales from Oceanside and Imperial Beach. Escondido, Chula Vista, all of East County as well. Make sure you call Brian Curry, 619-251-1588. A lot of people are looking into someone who is a good property manager. It's hard to find a good one. He does that as well, 619-251-1588. Man, one of my favorite people in the world. We've been friends forever. She is a single mom. She bought a house out in Lakeside. Checked in on her yesterday and said, hey, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. Her in entire septic system basically exploded. Jesus. And she goes, you know what? I bought a lemon. She goes, I bought a lemon. And I'm into it for the next 23 years. And A, if anybody knows how to do that, clean that thing up and get it back up and running. If you'd send me a direct message... And I can get you in touch with a really, really good person that just is so frustrated right now. But I would just say, um, not to her, yeah, but to anybody else, you want to find yourself in five years going, man, I bought a lemon. No Where kidding. the entire septic system is blown up and uh, things like you can't even imagine what you have to do just for a shower, for using the bathroom, for anything else, you're completely handcuffed. And you're handcuffed today, and you're going to be handcuffed tomorrow and probably a couple of days after that. Not me. And that's why when you go, oh, yeah, well, my 
cousin's friend, he's got his license. Bullshit. Because you buy from them and you're going to end up with a blown out septic system. Not with my man, Brian Curry. That's why he's been there for 20 years doing what he does. I'm telling you, I heard that and I'm so upset for her and we'll try to help her if we can. But it just told me, yep, don't cut corners. Yep. Not when you're making a decision like that. Make sure you got the best, and that's Brian Curry. Also, when you get all these things done, you get the pool done, you get the house, you want the perfect front and backyard, guess what? Ryan Barkley, Barkley Landscape, that's the only people we call. And I'm telling you, Ryan and his dad, Scott, have been doing a fantastic job for more than 35 years. Family-owned and operated, free estimates, commercial residential maintenance, artificial turf, sod insulation, lawn restoration. They do everything you can imagine, including retaining walls. Make sure you call Ryan, 619-669-8000. That's a cell phone number, 619-669-8000. Boy, I talked to him yesterday, and you know like how in San Diego they have the SD in the yard, or you yeah. see that with the Dodgers? Well, when I get my next home with Brian Curry, I'm planning on having about an acre and a half in the back, just backyard, probably somewhere up in Carlsbad, okay. acre and a half. And this is what I said to Ryan, what I'd like. I said, hear me out. I would like to have in the lawn a perfect silhouette of my friend Lisa Ann from her award-winning like movie, it. Hey Mom, I Got an A. <laughs> and he said, you know what? We can make that happen. That's nice. That's nice. So we'll find a way that Lisa's here every day. Yes. Every day. And that's the kind of crazy things you can throw out at, at the Barkley family, and they'll be right there to help you out. They'll get that put right into your yard, however you want it. <laughs> it won't be from the award-winning scene. It yes. will just be from probably, I might just do the box cover. I like I'm it. I'm just spitballing here. But I'll probably just do the box cover from that one. You're classy. Yeah. 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 Or from her other award-winning title, Look Who's Home for the Holidays. <laughs> we got a little time to determine. Oh, my gosh. Good for you. Think it out. I just like to, I think it out. Oh, think it out. I like it. You're spitballing. Oh, my gosh. Kyle Fluger is your guy for websites. Look, if you're looking for a brand new website, if you're looking to change the website you currently have, Kyle's really good at what he does. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. No, so many people, when I look at your website, guess what I think when it comes to mind? Shit. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> you must suck. And and all joking aside. It's true. I think people look at your website and go, this guy or this woman must be lazy as fuck. Exactly right. Because this website looks like shit. Their email probably takes them to AOL. Not a goddamn chance I'm going to them to get my STD shot. No, thank you. Uh, you want your website to look like winners? Dave and I are winners. Don't you want it to look like ours? Nope. <laughs> well, then you'll be a loser. But if you want to win, my man Fluger is the guy to call. And give him shit about the Cubs. Don't give him like shit it. about the Cubs is right. He didn't like our predictions at all. No, I didn't like uh, getting that kind of pushback. <laughs> uh, new blogs coming up, too, on, on the website. I'll have a blog up there this week. Good. JoJo Tarantino and our friend Glenn Geffner is going to write one uh, coming up. And I'm going to shake Horton down for one, too, just talking about what it's like life on the NBA. What I'd like these guys to do, if they're willing to do it, is just short little blogs about broadcasting and fun things that they see or crazy things, yeah. parts of calling the game 
that they may take for granted, but that we all kind of geek out about. And they've been amazing. I think JoJo, I know Geff's going to help out. And uh, we'll try to get a couple more, too. We'll be absolutely great. All right, I want to ask you about uh, this weekend. Kind of tough. Yeah, it continues to be, man. It, it, Dave, you get it. Anybody who goes through loss gets it. And it's it's just, I still, as I sit here tonight, really am struggling with it. She uh, Yesterday was the funeral for our friend Erica Lee. And I, I forget Stevie Verissimo and... and Pointer Dave and I don't know, a bunch of Todd Villalobos, yeah. Katie, um, Sean Walchef. God damn, Sean Walchef, I, I had forget to mention uh, un, unintentionally. But so many of you met her at the event and knew what she was about. And she just was a very close friend to me and somebody really, really great. So um, Friday night, I went down, I picked up my sons, we drove up. Uh, to Forest Lawn. That's where the service was yesterday in Burbank. And um, I just, you know, you pack my sons up and you go in and it felt very (laughs) similar to an experience I had a couple of months ago where you you walk in and you're hugging parents that are bearing their very young, beautiful kid uh, in spirit just like with you and Rita, I'm hugging Erica's mom and dad that are wondering what the fuck happened. And they did a, they did some friends. I was saying like a song that I really dig and, and driving my sons up. I was just kind of kind of putting them in the spirit of things. And I, I was saying, you know, just kind of some songs you like. And, and the Leonard Cohen song, Hallelujah, such yeah. a cool song, except for his version. He wrote it. He can't sing it with a shit. <laughs> but uh, I was talking to uh, my friend Joe, and I said, you know, which which version am I going with? Because Jeff Buckley's is pretty wild. And she sent me a really cool one, Katie Lang. And we were just kind of playing that for my kids to get it in. So you come in. Uh, we go to this church at Forest Lawn where I had taken my son's it was kind of an L.A. trip not that long ago to go see, I think, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds are there yeah. and Jerry Buss. And we had just gone to pay respect to famous people, but not really anybody we knew. And now all of a sudden we're in this church uh, saying goodbye to our friend. And they had friends that came up and you walk in and they're playing Day in the Life from the Beatles, which took me back to... First funeral, really, for my man John Leslie at KGB, who passed away, and a bunch of people just started singing that song. It was amazing. Um, but then her her family got up, and her brother said something, Dave, that that really hit home uh, with me, and it it registers for Erica and it registers for Jake. And he said, "I'm not embarrassed by the way she died." I'm very proud of the way she lived. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That, because that's that's who she was. Um, so the church was overflowing, and I said to my sons, I go, you know, we're going we're gonna to get out of here. So we just, we hugged the family. We left because we didn't know anybody else. And we just, we went and kind of spent the day in L.A., but David just... It feels different, man. It, yeah. It, 
Like it, I would say it's that feeling of going to the mall the day after Christmas magnified by 25. Every trip that I had made to L.A., and we made a lot since June of last year included her. Yeah. And we did this same routine where we would get together in the afternoon, and then there were times that I went up there without my sons, and we would look at the Wilshire Grand, which today is in the same way. It is cleaned out. Floors 25 and 26 are cleaned out for a construction project that I was going to be a part of. And those everything up to 25 is filled in. 25 and 26 still sit there vacant. And they're vacant because we were going to go up there and design a fucking podcast yeah. studio. And it's amazing how something that was so... Like, my future felt so bright with that building just a few weeks ago. Now, to me, is just heartbreaking. And even if the professional side of it didn't have worked, I would take her back in a second to say, fuck, yeah. remember when we were going to work there? And now we're working at a shithole in Westminster. What happened? <laughs> but just to hear the laugh again. And so we went down and... There's a little food court. And the cool thing about my, my friend Erica is, fuck, she loved to eat. She loved to eat, man. And I, I've said to other people, I'm the kind of guy, Dave, I think your family's this way. Um, one of the things that cracked me up about my wife was on one of our first dates, we're at this table, just a small table, and she's sitting across from me. And all of a sudden, she like slides over to my right. And she slides over, and she's just, like, talking. And just with a fork, taking a bite off of my plate. Take and I was food. like, I fucking loved it. I'm like, if, if you're that comfortable with me, then I'm I'm doing something right. I love that. That's who I am. Come in, hang out. And Erica was that kind of friend. She was not. She was like, we're going to go get pizza. I'm going to fold it up. And, I mean, she looked like she walked off a magazine cover. She sure did. And she's folding and laughing and having a great time. And I said to my sons, I said, you know, every time we were here, she sat right there in this chair. She's knocking pizza down like a frat boy, laughing her ass off, having fun, grilling my kids about the NBA. I said, let's do something cool. I go, we didn't, we're not going to go by the bridge and leave flowers there. I'm not ready to do that. I don't know that I'll ever be ready to do that. But I said, let's do this. And so what we did was we took a piece of pizza and we left it at her chair. Yeah. Because that's who she was. She, is, she ate pizza and hung out with my sons. And I go, you know what? We'll leave her a fucking piece. And we left. I will say this, Dave, and, and I mentioned this last night to my friend Joe in Toronto on the drive home. You could think I'm completely 5150, but I'll tell you the truth. Sadly, I think I've been to, I don't know, seven or eight memorials over the last few few years. It's crazy. I felt her in that room yesterday. Cool. Uh, no, I, it was weird. I didn't feel it with Jake. I didn't feel it with Cheech. I didn't feel it with Allie. I didn't feel it with anybody else. But I'm wondering for you, when you sat there, in Jake's memorial, did you feel like Jake was in there? You know what I did, uh, and I did say you that know where he was. Like I on felt, my, yeah, I tell you exactly where he was. He was where on, was he? Standing right behind my right shoulder. You felt it, right? It was the only way I got through. Like yeah, I had, I had so many people have said to me. I had a guy stop me tonight, right before I saw you for the show. 
it was it was strange. I was talking to a buddy of mine who was his fiftieth birthday today. Uh huh. And he was going through. He was extremely depressed as I was talking to him, just because he's never been married. He's never been in a serious relationship. He's stuck taking care of his dad who's in the late eighties, who doesn't even remember his name because of Alzheimer's. I mean, he just had a horrible day, you know. Yeah. And he just had time to reflect on where his life is and where he thought it was going to be. He was going through a bad time. As I was talking to him. Another person walked up to me who said I was he was at the service and I haven't mm-hmm. seen him and his son and my son grew up together they played baseball together when they were five years old and he goes I haven't had a chance to speak to you I just want to let you know that was a great service and he gave me a hug and he goes I don't know how you got through it well Kaplan said that same thing and other people say that to me all the time I don't know how you got through talking to your son I don't know how I got through talking about my son either right I honestly have no idea because music comes on I fall apart all the time right and so. Uh, that was really strange that I made it through. And I said to Josh beforehand, we got to get through it because it's my only time to talk about Jake. And so your only time to talk about your brother. We got to get through this. And we both made it through without falling apart. It was the only time I don't think I've gone two seconds, it seems like, without falling apart about Jake. But um, at that moment, it felt like he was right there, right on my right shoulder, almost with his hand on me. I, uh, I wish I would have felt that for that night, but I didn't. But as I was in this church last night, um, there are a ton, as there was at Jake's service, Dave, there's a ton of horseshoe-type floral arrangements. And I'm saying there's there had to have been anywhere from 15 to 25. I mean, they're big, and they're all over, and they're jammed in. You don't even know. You don't lose count. Or I lost count. But there was one in the middle of the stage, and it was yellow, and it looked like a horseshoe. It reminded me of what you would see at the Derby. And the people speaking were to the right of it. The video board was up above. Keyboard player over here. Families over here. I felt like somebody continued to pull me and draw my attention to the one floral arrangement in the middle. Like where you are trying to watch other things. You're trying to be respectful of the family. You're watching everything going on. You're seeing this. I'm paying attention to my son, Jack, who held my hand through the whole thing. I could not break eye contact, (laughs) if that makes sense. And I'm wondering, for anybody else that has gone through this, did you experience this? I didn't feel it for grandmothers. I didn't feel it for anybody else. I could not stop focusing on the middle floral unit and it felt Dave like she was standing there looking out at the room and it was the wildest uh, I'll tell you I was not herbed up I wasn't I hadn't drank anything and I was just like okay stop your brain's fucking with you and you start paying attention to the speakers her brother and everybody else and it just fucking was like come back here the attention's here it was it was crazy, and yeah. so I don't know. No way to prove one way or the other. Yeah. I didn't say it. Uh, I just told my friend Joe this last night, and then I was like, ah, I probably won't say it on the podcast. Fuck, I say everything on yeah. the podcast. But I came out of there. We did kind of our thing. It didn't feel right, but we tried to move forward, and I was at Kate and Jack's house today. Um, it's their mom's birthday tomorrow. Yeah. In our family, birthdays matter. And so I said to her, and I said to the guys, I go, look, 
we're going to barbecue for your mom's birthday. That's what we did every year, and we're going to do it again tomorrow. And we barbecued, and uh, the guys go out to play hoops, and she goes, hey, I wanted to let you know, in the middle of the night, it's about 3 o'clock, and I heard Cade crying. And she goes, I went, and I woke him up. And I said, what's going on? What's going on? And he goes, I miss her. I miss her. And he was dreaming. Yeah. And their mom said, Kate, who do you miss? And he like yelled at her, Erica. And, uh, and that kind of scared me a little bit because my sons have been through a lot from the death of their nanny, a divorce, other things. And they've always been older than they need to be at 11. And I've kind of told them, look, man, it's okay to be a little kid. We got this. But I reminded them that they, she loved them very much. Yeah. She loved them. She was trying to find ways for them to be involved in a bunch of things. She talked to them as a friend, not as an 11-year-old friend. And my kids, I'm lucky enough, are smart enough to get it. And today when I just hung out with them, um, the little one handles it a little differently. But the older one has a broken heart. And as a dad and as his friend, when you're trying to take care of your buddy and you just, your own heart's broken, it's tough. Yeah. And he has said to me over and over that he wishes he knew Jake better, but he's sad that he won't get that opportunity. He knew Erica really well. Yeah. And he liked going up there because... A, she usually had gifts for him. It meant we were going for pizza. It was like every day. It was like Christmas break. And now I said to him last night, I said, man, I keep waiting for her. We're in this little food area. And I said, man, I cannot get over the fact I keep waiting for her to walk through that it's door. It's funny you say that. I've had a hard time coming uh, to reality that she's gone. Like, I almost wish I would have gone with you because. Yeah. And I had time to go. Yes, I wish I, I would have gone up because it's it's so weird to think that she's gone. It's hard to. Right. Like, there's no way. Right. There's just no fucking way. Too smart and too pretty and had too many things going on. I loved uh, I loved hearing the stories. Um, and you see friends that knew her a long time, family that knew her a long time. I, di- I didn't. I just wanted to blend in, right? You don't want to draw any attention to yourself. But it was really nice that her mom said, pointed at me. Cool. And she said, you're Jeff. And this is Jack and Kate. And she said, wow, I've heard a lot about you guys. Cool. And uh, I just said, man, I said, she mattered and I loved her very much. Uh, yeah, I just, when you, uh, for any of you, and we talk openly on this show about the impact of depression and the impact of going dark and going black. And when you find somebody that helps you manage those emotions, I'm already a loyal person by nature, but it's magnified a lot. And she and I had a very open conversation about a lot of different things, including this. And uh, and she really, with Dave and, and Katie Temple and so many others, played a huge part in, in fixing things, Dave. And like I said, um, we, we touched on this before, where you know you you can only do what the person wants you to do but um but as her brother said yesterday 
um, knowing she was in that much pain and not being able to help her to the point that she decided to jump off a freeway bridge at the 101. Yeah, you know, it's it's a huge void. But she's in a gorgeous spot up on a hill and forest lawn. And I just said to my sons yesterday, I said, when we make the trip, I said, the one thing that Dave told me, and I understood completely what you said, why Jake is here, is you said, uh, people don't go to cemeteries. People don't really go to cemeteries and visit. You said, I want them here so I can talk to them. And I get it. And I said that to Jack and Kate. And I said, look, at least for us, when we come to L.A., we're going to find time to come out here That's and good. see her. Because I said, I think what Dave said was exactly right. And if you hadn't have said it, Dave, I don't know how often I'd go out to see her. Yeah. But I said to my sons, I go, look, um, I'm going to come see her. And yeah. it's funny. I didn't date her. We weren't yeah. married. We weren't engaged. She just had that kind of impact on my life, and I miss her very. I'm glad much. you guys are going to go. My grandmother was probably the person I was closest to out of outside of my sons and my wife. Yeah. And uh, I've been one time to the cemetery. You know, one time, and she's been gone since '93. You yeah. know, you just you just don't. Yeah, I no, find myself my... talking to. I walk by on a regular basis and I put my hand right on top of the, the urn that we have and, and there will be right. a time where I forget where, where I'm going to put the ashes but even I was at Benita Vista High School yesterday by myself no nobody yeah. there and I tell you what it gets crazy sad being there by yourself because I was supposed to be coaching with them right but they the school was nice enough the players are nice enough to put a locker up for Jake in the dugout yeah. and so there's a sign you know 25 Jake and so man I always touch that sign it's uh you know I miss you I love you Jake you know right. I'm glad it's there Right. You know, but yeah, you're right. It's but, it's not always easy to get to a cemetery. But the, yeah, Dave, my grandfather, who I did an incredible amount of things with, is buried at the cemetery down the hill from 1090. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I've been there because you just, yeah, uh, whatever. There's no, there's no valid reason for it. But yeah, it's just one of those things. But Dave, yesterday when you're sitting there and you go, man, I'm hearing this too often where you're hearing I was supposed to be at your wedding. I was supposed to meet your, you know, yeah. your kids and it's not going to happen. I go, fuck. I just heard this speech. Yeah. I just heard this fucking exactly. speech in November. And the first person to call me or one of the first people to call me when I was leaving there was her who was in Washington, DC and who loved you, loved Rita loved Josh didn't really know Jake hadn't met him very much but knew you guys and was heartbroken for yeah. your loss and she's and, great yeah and I just uh I and just in wrapping is this um sincerely thank you to the people that yesterday again like I, I just stopped last night because I'm like I'm not trying and I Dave I guarantee you fight the same thing I see different things and I want to pay tribute to her. And I'm like, God damn, I'm beating this fucking horse into the ground. And I, and I had like two things last night. I took them down because I get it. I, I don't want anybody to be like, I, Hey man, how many times can I fucking tell you? I'm sorry for your loss. I'm not looking for that. I'm yeah. not, but the, I just, I'm really struggling with the loss of a friend yeah. that I was ready to quit my job and go into business with. And a lot of things were going to change for me. Things were going to change for Dave. Things were really going to change for Lisa and then my kids. We had different, like, it was incredibly exciting. I would have given all that shit up 
just to have her around and say, hey, you're going to be a comeback. And not having that and being in L.A. where it was all supposed to happen, it's uh, as Dave can attest to and any of you that knew Jake can attest to, any of you that met Erica, fuck, man, it's a struggle. But I have been overwhelmed by how much positive energy I have in my life. Good. I'll never, ever, ever not acknowledge it, and I thank every one of you. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my sons. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. So